check this out I got with the Halloween candies. Oh, what's that? Check it out. So it's just like this bag thing. Yeah. Just gonna let's see what we got. So we've got like um some queer trans ladies. Oh, oh yeah. goodness. Um, oh, our skits. I love skits. Oh, oh that's yeah, great. That's great. Oh yeah, I love some Absolutely. of those. I have a couple of skits. Let's see. We've got things we watched. Oh goodness. Um, some things we played. Oh, that's always the best. Oh. And some things things we listened to. Oh goodness! Oh, I can't believe someone gave us a whole queer and pleasant strangers. That's awesome. Oh. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale, and I'm not Jane Eris Magna. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies. Talk about our weeks and have a bit of a catch up and a giggle and whatnot mm-hmm. and do voices and such. Mm-hmm. How are you doing this week? Uh, it's been it's been a lot. It's been it's, it's been a, mm. it's been a big one. It's yeah. been a big one. It's been lots of getting ready to go away and be very sociable and be around lots of people, uh-huh. and then coming back and having to decompress and then unpack and undo the being ready for all the people while also getting on with life. With it, while also getting on with life stuff, and I had I had a new work thing pop up this week. Uh, <gasps> new to work. Thing. Yeah, so I I I came back and was like, oh, I got to jump right into work. No, no time for for recovery. Mm-mm. It's it's been a busy one, but yeah. Is there anything outside of the what we've played, watched, and listened to that has been noteworthy in your week, or just? Um, I think everything pretty much falls within those categories. Well, in that case, shall we start with one of those categories? Let's start with a thing that we have played in that way that we do. In that way that we do. What do you want? What do you want to start with? Uh, well, what have, what have you played? Tell us the thing. Um, what 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 have I played? Um, I have been playing one thing mainly this week. Uh, for reasons that will become apparent probably mm. by the time this episode goes up, maybe. Uh. I've been playing a lot of Disco Elysium. I've heard about this. It's an in-depth RPG, is it not? Yeah, so you know how there's um, there's games like Divinity Original Sin 2, stuff that... Games where the whole idea is it's an in-depth RPG that's kind of trying to be inspired by D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, Divinity's whole deal was it's basically third edition Dungeons & Dragons with your sort of um, warlocks and your wizards and your elves and... Uh, very combat focused uh lots and lots of make sure that your stats are min max so that you are strong enough to defeat the thing that is in front of you it was that that sort of d and d okay uh this is a very in depth r p g that feels a lot more like it feels like the kind of r p g video game that someone would make after getting really into fifth edition uh real play podcast that's sort of like okay. very role play heavy combat light. Ooh. Let's ignore the the actual lore of D and D and make up our own stories using these sort of rule sets. Okay, it feels like that kind of a D and D inspired game. Nice. Um, the concept is really simple. Um, you are you play as a man who got so drunk and is so hungover he cannot fucking remember who the fuck he is. He that's, is a detective. It's quite blasted. Yeah, he that's quite blasted. That is not as he comments himself in the beginning. He didn't just get drunk, he got annihilated. Um, yeah? Yeah. Uh, he is a detective, he knows that much, and he's meant to be solving a murder. Uh, there is just a man hanging in a tree, 
And he's like, okay, fuck. I don't. When you fuck... say hanging in a tree, do you mean hanging from a tree or uh, just dangling by a leg or something? Uh, be- being hung by the neck okay. from a tree. Okay. Uh, it might not have been a tree, but he's being hung, hung by the neck. And uh, yeah, the thing that makes this RPG interesting is it goes in real hard on the character creation and level up system. Um, basically, as I said, this is really focused on role playing and. The way that presents itself is, you know, in D&D, you basically have, like, your main stats, your sort of um, charisma, your wisdom, and those will then impact a set of, like, sub-skills. Uh, yeah. So that'll sort of impact what your starting point for those skills is, but you can still build those skills up separately if you want to. Mm-hmm. This is that kind of system. You've got, um, what are your four starting starting points? It's it's I can't remember the names of them off the top of my head, but it's basically... Um, do you want to be logic detective, like the modern Sherlock Holmes reboots, who is real good at logicking stuff out, but people fucking hate him? Like, uh, if if you if you you might know everything you need to know to solve the case, but you might just have to ask a person like, "Can you do this for me?" And they'll be like, "No, fuck no, you're a jerk." Uh, so that is your one of your your classes you can put stuff into. Uh, one of your skills is. Being a people person, so you could get better at, like, uh, you know, talking people into things, being suggestive, uh, being empathetic. But that could have downsides, because you can't turn off empathy. So you might just be like, oh, I can't do this case. I keep getting sad because the woman's sad. Uh, That sort of thing. You've got uh, the skill that is basically your strength stat, but it controls a lot. It's a very broad interpretation of, of strength. It's, you know, physical strength, emotional strength, willpower... Um, but it also sort of acts as constitution for a uh, drug-related system in the game. Uh, how well can you can you keep it together while you're doing drugs that will help you solve the mission? Uh, it's it's lots of interpretations of strength. And then the last one is, I guess, basically your dexterity stat. Um, it is fine, fine, like precision control, things like um, if, if you're trying to do hacking, computer repairing, things that require fine, fine motor control. I have very low stats in that. <laughs> uh, but it's also very, like, detailed oriented things. So it could be how good are you at keeping a poker face, slash noticing little changes in someone else's face, how good mm-hmm. are you at, uh, like, perception would be under that. Uh, but then each of those has, like, six skills it branches out into, and these are all related to how you build up the brain of your character. Um, so yeah, each the more points you put into those like starting four, it will give you a better starting level in the six that are connected to it, and a better level cap you can reach. Um, you're never locked off from any of these like 24 overall abilities, but you'll have an easier time if you stick with the ones that you, started. you, know, that you put points into at the yeah. start. So, mm-hmm. you know, it... It encourages you to go, this is my balance of these four things. Now here's your set of 24 brain abilities. Start putting points into things. Um, And those abilities are all, like, really... They're all really interesting things that usually have um, some form of downside, but some helpful way that they help you with cases. Um, So one of them that I always forget the name of, um, basically it's putting points into being better at understanding what the police are up to and where like what their sort of energy with the case is mm-hmm. but the downside to that is you might start getting really paranoid that the police don't like you and that because you you're kind of a bit of a mess 
So, like, you might be like, ah, I'm getting all this extra information about how the police are doing things that might lead me towards clues. Mm. But also, I might finish a phone call with them and just have a bit of a daydream hallucination about how they all hate me and, and they, they don't want me to be a part of the force because I suck. Um, it's It's... Things like that that might have drawbacks. Um, one of the skills is basically imagination, but if you put too many points into that, you might just start having conversations with your necktie. And that that might be a good way of extrapolating for you to reach like conclusions that the clues wouldn't have gotten you to by yourself, but there are consequences to having an out loud, out loud conversation with your necktie. Um, and the whole point of the game is basically just... Very open investigation of, of this murder. You've got a bunch of side quests that you can sort of explore at your leisure. It's not pushing you to go, here's the main story, go, go, go. Um, as you slowly build this character. Um, once you've built all those aspects of the character, um, it follows a D&D type thing where you're not guaranteed to succeed on something just because you've got a skill in it. You still roll some dice and the result has to hit something, but the more points you've put in, the more likely you are to succeed. Um, and those skills that you put points into also dictate um, the options that are available for you for solving problems. Okay. So you constantly have this inner monologue that is basically the sort of fast-moving stream of consciousness of these are the things that my character that they're you know their brain is put together of a little dash of this a little dash of that mm. um and the game personifies those various thought processes as essentially different characters it's it's kind of like how in a bioware rpg you would have your cast of party members it's basically Okay, well, here's my lizard brain that, you know, says the correct answer to everything is uh, run away, stay safe, hide in a hole, everything's safe there. Uh, you might have the limbic system that's telling you, you know, no, make connections, do new things. Uh, you might have toxic masculinity bit of brain that is scared to go near anything feminine, but um, is really good at, like, shouting, shouting people down and going, give me what I want. Uh, Where's Rachel? Yeah. Where's Rachel? <sighs> um, I think toxic masculinity bit of brain. My favorite little interaction that was had with it was um, there were two men playing like garden bowls, and I, one of the 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 uh, conversations that came up was toxic masculinity brain basically going, "Hey, I bet they'll be impressed if we show them we're really good at sport, um, and then they'll tell us what we need to know." And I, I was like, "Okay," so I clicked on that option, and character picks up the uh, the the bowls ball and just shot puts it like miles over a hedge they did not like it they just not talk to him listening to toxic masculinity brain was a bad idea you shot uh, me. but like it here's the thing your character is like is a fuck up from the start that it doesn't feel like you know sometimes with games like this you're always like you're a little bit i don't want to make the wrong decision here, your character's already a fuck up. You might as well see what happens if you do the stupid thing. Okay. Um, it it sort of rewards you for deciding how you're going to play this fuck up and just sort of sticking with it. Oh, and cool. that creates some really fun role-playing potential. Um, you definitely can't max out all of your stats in one playthrough. Um, and that was really nice. Like I, I feel like I have reason to come back to this. Mm. Uh, a lot of the side quest stories are really nice. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of very human stuff about like, hey, just because someone's in a bit of a rough neighborhood doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that they're a bad person. There's a lot of reasons that people could end up in these situations and a lot of those sort of humanizing stories that come up. Um, or you can just ignore all of them and be be a be a big nasty asshole who's gonna solve the case whether people like it or not. Um, oh, I forgot about there's there's so many fucking systems to this game. Um, I forgot about the ideas system. Um, so you, if you do certain interactions in the world, you get ideas, which are things you can equip. And uh, a great example of this was early on. If you have a bunch of conversations that are pro-women and, you know, defend women when people are being shitty about them, you will get the idea feminism. And if you want to pop that in one of your your, your open brain slots, you're going to go, I'm going to mull over feminism. Uh, you will get a couple of stats initially. And then if you leave it there for long enough, it will become like an ingrained idea. It will become a a, a part of you. It'll uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Something you've internalised. Um... And once the idea is internalised, you get different stats for it. Uh, I think for feminism, you get plus one to empathy, but minus one to your ability to, you know, to to manage your drugs um, and not go go overboard. Um, Once an idea is internalised, if you don't like the stats on it, you have to pay skill points to get rid of it which are already a rare resource you could be putting into your brain yeah. parts. So it's really risk-reward dealing with, inter- like, playing around with those internalised ideas, because the bonuses can be really nice. They can push you above what was previously the level cap for an ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, if one impacts a stat in a way you weren't expecting, you've got to go, can I live with that, or do I spare spend one of these points to ditch it? So, there's a lot of intricate systems going on to basically lead to a very detailed murder mystery RPG that's... It's got a really surreal world to it. It feels... um, It's obviously not a similar type of setting, but it feels very Twin Peaks in a lot of the the sort of... The way that lots of things don't feel quite right. It's got this sort of, like, slightly dreamy quality to it. Um... I feel like part of that works because of the fact that your character is so hungover they can't fucking remember who they are. There's the fact that things you're seeing don't quite make sense seems to be filled in with that a bit. Um, You've got things like, hey, disco music is seemingly new and there's a bunch of record players everywhere, but also there's some modern technology around that no one's batting an eyelid at. So it's in the year, uh, comma, 51. Don't know when that is. 51, Uh, It's in the year 51. Um, But yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. It's it's about 20 hours to do a playthrough, and it's it's weird in places. You kind of have to commit to, you know, you're going to make some bad choices and you have to just be okay with it. But for someone like me that... I sometimes struggle with role-playing in stuff like D&D because I struggle with that delineation of what would the character do versus what do I want to do? Um, How truthful am I being to my character's motivations and choices? Mm. This sort of is a system for that. It is, I have decided my character is going to be like this because I've put these points into these aspects of the brain. When I get to an interaction, when I have to get some clues out of someone... 
The options I'm given will be dictated by where I put my points. Mm. I I will have to pick an option that is in keeping with who this character is right now. And if I don't like that, I can put some points over time into something else so different options show up. But Mm -hmm. right now, this is who the character is. These are your options. And that's really rewarding. I, I liked it a lot. Nice. Uh... Yeah, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Me? Yeah. Um, well, I finally had one of my Kickstarter board games arrive. Ooh, yeah, I've not had a chance to play this one with you yet. Uh, so the game is War of the Worlds The New Wave. Mm. And I saw the Kickstarter and was like, ooh, asymmetrical deck building game where yeah. you play basically War of the Worlds. That looks awesome. Those are all words I like. I like all those words too. I'm not totally sold on the game. Yeah, so far you've only played it in single player. I have, but I've also aired my thoughts on the Kickstarter comments, which Uh, is mostly full of people going, hey, my copy arrived. I'm really happy about that. And then as, as that sort of filters towards the bottom, you get lots of people going, hmm, the manual is chock full of typos. Some of the expansion pack cards have typos. Generally, the cards mm. are fine, but like, there's a couple that have typos. It's like, mm, for a sixty quid plus shipping, it, yeah, it feels a bit cheap. And like, somebody made a point. Like, I wonder if they sent the wrong file to the printer. Yeah, and like, they've done updates or whatever, and then gone. Oh, oh no, oh no. Um, and the other thing a lot of people are saying is that the aliens are hugely OP. Yeah, which was your experience when playing single player, wasn't it? Yes. Initially, like, I had two games where the humans won, and then I sort of started to understand the cards a bit. Yeah. And then every single match thereafter, the aliens won by quite a significant margin. Yeah. Um, So you've been messing around with the numbers a bit to try and balance it yourself? Yeah, I'm still working on that. I've got some ideas about how you might be able to make it work really well. Because Mm. I I think what's in the box can be modified in such a way. I think it's a matter of um, because the, you start you're supposed to start the game with uh, the aliens land in Scotland Yeah. everything they build has to come out of one of this uh, one of this, this sort of one area they get a tripod and a UFO and the humans get 30 civilians and that's it Yeah. I think what needs to happen is A, the aliens don't start with those two things out. They have to draw the card first to put one out. Yeah. And then you um there need I think there needs to be a thing whereby the humans start with either all of the military units out and one of each type of military unit card in their starting hand. Yeah. Or um uh, sorry, out and in a particular location. I'm just yeah. trying to work out where that location is to balance it better. Yeah. Or maybe even, like, they don't need all of the, like, army out. They just need one army and, and one boat. I'm, like, I'm still trying to balance these custom roles. Yeah. But, like, I've got an idea about how I can make it work. But that is not the instructions written in the book. Yeah. It's a nice board. The pieces are nice. They've, they've got, um, like, because I got the Kickstarter exclusive, they've yeah. got a really lovely weight to the miniatures. The normal version has just, like, uh, cardboard tokens and, like, little wooden blocks for the, um, yeah. for the uh, meeples. Do- does it feel, perhaps, 
and this is a guess because I've not, you know, played myself. Mm-hmm. Like, they got the pieces and then went, okay, well, we should probably get this out and sort of ru- rushed it out the door once the parts were there without it doing fe- the playtesting and the, the copy editing and the, the polished things. No, it feels to me like they playtested it with the same people over and over again. Okay. And those people always went, oh, I'm going to play it this way. Yeah. And they've done the same thing over and over. Like, there are things in for the human side that I've looked at and gone, well, you, you, you don't ever get to use that. Like, ever. You yeah. never get to use that. Like... Unless the aliens are playing in a very specific way, I guess. Well, okay, so, like, when I've been playing and, and, like, deliberately being really aggressive, because the UFO card allows you to move the UFO, like, two positions, the first thing I do is move the aliens across... As much of the country as possible. Yeah. And then just, like, make up into movement and just, like, rustle everyone towards Manchester. Yeah. And if the humans are lucky enough to get the fort, they put the fort on Manchester and, like, gather everyone up there. And sometimes they can win. But not often. Yeah. And, and, and when they don't win, it's usually, like, of a total of 30 points they need to take off the aliens, they're on... Maybe fifteen if they're lucky. If it goes, if they don't get the fortress, yeah. Um. So like, there's a a lot of problems with that. Like, also like, if you build a building, a building has one hit point, right. unless it's like a specific building, like the fort, which has four hit points, or yeah. the bunkers, which have two hit points. Mm. But you have the aliens. Their buildings are completely impervious. You mm. can't destroy them. You can't do anything with them. There is one thing in the Irish Sea expansion. Which allows you to um, stop one of their energy-producing things working. Yeah. And then you, once you've done that, you throw that card away. You get one use of it. <laughs> it's like, um, that's not great. Yeah. Um, so that has, has been a bit of a problem. Because at that point, the aliens can just generate more, like get all the cards they need to generate more and more and more energy until they can just go, yes, I'll have the thing that costs 10 points. While the humans are going, ah, um, I bought this supply depot last round to give myself one extra coin to spend on things. But ah, it's immediately been destroyed yeah. because something came around behind so, me. There's, there's one thing that I keep thinking about this with the aliens being really overpowered is that works in a game where it's it's players against the game hmm. where let's say the the alien uh, the the aliens always follow a sort of sl- a set uh, route or there's a set deck telling what they're going to hmm. do um if it was something like legendary encounters alien um in something like that it, even if you lose to the deck it's like okay let's try again it's a very hard thing hmm. if it's a player controlled uh, faction that is being the aliens, it's like, yeah, that that just makes it, oh, the player who gets to play as the aliens gets to win. Pretty much. And that's, that's like, a problem, because it sort of takes away some of the camaraderie of, we all lost together, let's try again. Yeah, because, like, there, you get, like, you've got a, like, a, a, a market deck of five cards that are in it's asymmetrical so everyone has their own deck humans have their Mm. own deck aliens have their own deck you have five cards out and at the end of uh, or at any point during your turn you can swap out one of those cards Mm. so if you don't get what you need in the starting deck for the aliens that's pretty much fine 
You can't destroy the tripods. You can't destroy their buildings. You can't destroy the. You can't even attack the UFO. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm coming up with some thoughts on that. Like I think maybe have the ironclads, like the Thunderchild, have them able to destroy a tripod. Yeah. So if there is a, a an ironclad in that area, destroy a tripod. Um. They can they can do that because it happened in the yeah. in the book. Well, I don't know if it happened in the book because I can't remember the book. I've only read it once. But it definitely happened in the Jeff Wayne musical. <laughs> yeah, it it sounds disappointing in the state it is in the box, but I'm definitely interested to try playing it with you. Maybe try playing some of those tweaked rules. Yeah, um, and I think maybe if I hadn't spent all that money on it, yeah, um, I would be less inclined to go. I'm going to try and fix this game. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's You've put money in for a nice version of it. Let's try and make it workable. Yeah, and I think I think it's possible. Like I think yeah. it is possible to do something with that, but the rules as written are quite right. Yeah. I think they got maybe the same several groups of people who went, "Oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to see how this works." Rather than going, "The sensible thing to do is to try and generate as much energy and or money as possible, depending on what faction you're playing." And then have the money, uh, the ability to buy things. Yeah. And where is the, because you can't like hamper the aliens at any point. Yeah. They just keep coming and coming and coming, which I suppose makes sense. Yeah. But for the humans, like I've I I tried one thing where I put own I put two people on every single thing because it is kind of ridiculous as every single space on the map because it's kind of ridiculous to me that there is no one south of like. Uh, like there's no, there, there's no population in London or or south of that. It's huh. Like, what the capital city of the Englandy bit? What? That's. It also feels a bit shitty that Scotland is the place where the aliens landed, and basically Scotland is immediately wiped out because there isn't time to do anything there. Yeah, this sounds like some very strange choices. There are some. There are there are some choices. Like I, I'm I'm working on it, and I, yeah. I would need to spend like probably another full weekend, like doing playing it, writing down my notes, uh, yeah. like ex seeing how the game opens, seeing how things go. Like I've managed to have games where the humans absolutely wrecked based on some modified rules, where basically yeah. you go, the aliens landed here, they've got no tripod, no alien, like the, th and the humans just went. Okay, get the army there. So there's like a boat on one side of the map. There's a boat on the other side. Uh, on one side of Scotland. There's another boat on the other side of Scotland. There's uh, three um, tanks uh, like in uh, Yorkshire. And they're just sort of on the borders ready to sort of head up into any of the Scottish bits and go, so what this alien do then? Hmm. Um, or maybe say like start evacuating people. Maybe we start with evacuating people, so that's not a big thing. Maybe have the iron like I'm gonna need to fuck about with it. But yeah, I think the fact that I played it over and over and over again on Sunday, despite going, eh, well, that that was somewhat disappointing. Like, there's a lot to like about this game. Yeah. So it's compelling, but I just need to fix it, and I will fix it. Yeah, I'm uh, excited for this to be a recurring segment for a little while. <laughs> Jane fixes a board game that is <laughs> fucked. Uh, what about you? Have you played any uh, I made up a game this <gasps> week 
Uh, <laughs> we both kind of doing that right now. Yeah, I, I made one from scratch. You Ooh. did? Ooh. So, oh, I've been doing... I've been trying to come up with a bunch of little one-shot um, tabletop things this year because, like... It, it's been a fun thing to have at um, at conventions uh-huh. when you know when I see friends in the evenings. Uh, I had some friends come and visit a little while back, and it was nice to have stuff to play. Uh-huh. And you know, sometimes I'll just look up uh, one shot one shot tabletop games like uh, Honey Heist. Yeah, we've done stuff like Honey Heist before. Um, I think the same day, well, actually, before this goes up, we should have a um, a one shot of uh, what is it called? Ba- ba- uh, Bag of Bag bones? Of bones. Bag of bones, I believe it's called, which is a sort of spooky Halloween uh, one page RPG. So I came up with my own one page RPG. Um, a lot of my group of friends that I go to uh, Comic Con with really like our sports anime. Oh, and for oh. anyone who's never watched a sports anime, uh, y- you know, at its core, it is a story about people doing sport. But much more, it is a story about people making friends and having big, important rivalries attached to the sport and all sorts of emotionally driven narratives happening. Mm. Um, lots of rivals become friends and, oh, I used to be good at this sport and then I had to flunk out, but I'm going to find a new home with the people in this sport. And lots lots of those sort of sweet motivations. Yeah. Um, so I came up with a sports anime tabletop game. Um <laughs> And the basic concept is, uh, it is the day of the grand finals of the anime championships for mini golf. Um, basically, you've got a nine-hole mini golf competition with some elaborate designs for mini golf uh, holes, mm-hmm. and each time you go around the circle, a player will roll a will roll a dice to find out what. Uh, negative thing is going to happen in sports anime fashion to prevent to sort of hamper their their attempt to get the the ball in the hole mm-hmm. uh i think i came up with about 50 obstacles that could come up which mm-hmm. uh for a group of four pla- for a group of four player characters plus the dm yeah. uh for nine holes that works out at um Nine times four, th- a thirty-six that you're likely to get through in a game. Oh heavens! Um, there's a bit of room in that for if you want more players. Basically, the way I did it is I I I broke it down into into um, batches of d8 and then sort of broke it down. But um, I had about fifty options that could be rolled by the player, and they were all things like um, I had a flashback to the first time I tried to do this particular kind of putt, and it went it went really badly. What do I do to uh, get over my nerves? Or uh, you look over into the crowds and your parent isn't there watching, watching and cheering you on. How do you, you know, get around that situation? Mm. Um, and uh, you then have the player explain what they're going to try and do and roll a d20 to see mm. if it works or not. See how successful or unsuccessful they were in that. Um, and that will then give you a modifier on a d6 to see how many strokes it takes to get the ball into the hole. Mm, um, <laughs> uh, and the thing that I, I played around with that I thought was really fun is you give each player three anime points, which are, did you get a bad result on a roll when you you don't want to? Use an anime point to turn that into a crit. Uh, you get your good bonus, but you have to explain... Time slows down. A big anime moment. What are you doing? How do you how do you turn this into a big anime moment? Um, and it was really fun. Um, the numbers as I had it set out, sort of, 
it was very much thrown together. Uh, I hadn't been planning to do it that night, and I was like, crap, okay, let's go, get it done. It seemed to work really well. Um, we were All the players were within about three or four uh, strokes, uh, within three or four points of each other at the end of the game, so it's a pretty close finish. Um, we had a lot of lovely story stuff that came at the end, where um, the sort of brooding Sasuke-type character didn't win, but that's okay, because he's going to quit and go do doubles tournaments with his friend. Oh. And the friend didn't mind winning, because he was only there in the first place to make his brooding anime type, you know, remember his love of the sport. Oh. Um, we had a bit of a sad ending for one of them. Uh, he won the tournament, but that didn't make him happy, because he's, he's there looking at the friendship of the people who went off to do the doubles tournament, and it's like, yeah, I won, but at what cost? Mm -hmm. I put winning ahead of friendship. Uh, we just had this really fun little sports anime narrative come out of it. That's um, awesome. So I need to, you know, I need to test the numbers a bit more by myself and see how things work out. Mm -hmm. I need to tweak my set of um, 50 obstacles and make sure I'm really happy with them. Mm -hmm. But I might try and write this up into a one-page RPG. Oh. Yeah, so I'm really proud. I came up with a set of game mechanics by myself, and they seemed to work, and we had a silly time. Look at you, Laura Catedale, games developer. Apparently so. Mm -hmm. What about you? What have you played this what week? What about me? I we I, well, we were very kindly given a uh, Geica Super Cube. Yeah, we we have been provided one of those Rubik's cubes. What connects to a phone and an app and stuff? Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Apparently. There's some people out there that are aware we like our twisty puzzles. Yeah. Uh, how have you been finding it? It's great. I had a really good time. I've never used um, like a cube with magnets in before. I thought about magnetising my own cubes. Yeah. Um, but like never, never actually done it myself. It, it's the magnets aren't as solid uh, as forceful as I had expected. I'm. 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 I know a lot of. Cube brands that make cubes uh, that with magnets, like uh, Gan, do like yeah. ones with um, three different like magnet strengths. Yeah, so you can swap them out if you want, like yeah. a full magnet swap. I think something like forty-eight magnets it works out to. Yeah, and particularly for like a digital cube, I can imagine that having too strong a set of magnets might be a problem because you've got Bluetooth and batteries yeah, and yeah, whatnot. I guess that makes sense, but yeah, it's um. It's it's got a really nice action on it. Yeah. It cuts well. Yeah, you get about what was it you it's said about, about 40, 40 degrees. degrees, which oh, is yes. pretty decent yeah. uh, corner cutting. Yeah, it's nice corner cutting. It's um yeah, it's you can finger trick it really nicely. Yeah. It 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 may it's not got be sound. Yeah, it, well that's the thing. That those magnets may not be as strong as I expected, but like they definitely do a a degree of stopping them. And they make a, such a satisfying sound because of those magnets. Yeah, it's such a satisfying sound to just sit there and twiddle yeah. there. It's a nicely coloured cube as well. Like the colours on yeah. those stickers are nice and bright. Yeah, they're good colours. Um, I I love the design of the like the stand and the the charger. <laughs> I've seen Geica cubes before, and I knew that the the chargers on them basically look like little headphones. Yeah. But this has got a little stand with a little like robot body yeah. that looks like it's sort of sitting down, leaning yeah. on its arms. So it's a little laying back robot that you put the Rubik's cube on its head and then put the headphones on them, plug the charge cube into the yeah. into the headphones, and it's quite adorable. It's quite adorable. Um, yeah, it's got an app for iPhone and Android. Yeah. It has um, 
I one thing I don't like, and I think it's just an Android issue with certain types of Bluetooth. You need to have your yeah. location services on. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I can't remember which it is. It's some version of Bluetooth that it requires that as a thing. It's like, yeah, I don't want anyone knowing knowing where I am. And also, I keep forgetting and leaving the damn thing on. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it's responsive. Uh, the mm. apps. Alright. It's it's definitely not the top end of of like app based um cube things. Cause like I've seen some in videos where like when you rotate the cube in 3D space in real life, the yeah. app will know which way it's oriented, for example. Uh, yeah, I know the GAN cube. Uh not the GAN cube, the oh god, what's it called? I think it's yeah, I, th- I know the GoCube uh, app does that. Yeah. Um, where you can sort of tell which way up it is. So it's it's missing some of those bits of functionality. Yeah. Um, and it, it's better than the app previously was, because apparently it used to have an issue where there was a lot of Chinese text in the you, English you'd version. you go into the random menus, app. apparently, and that, find, like, Chinese text. Which doesn't seem to be the issue, no, an issue anymore. the only thing, when I set up my user for it, it's... Um, it, the the like the web page it took me to verify my email address yeah. was uh, had to be translated. Thanks Google. Thank you. Um, but like it it it's not impenetrable. It's not impenetrable. Issue. The other thing that I found a bit weird is the um, setting up your your user details. Like even though I've um, obviously set gender to female, it's still giving me only mask. Uh, like icon images for myself. Ah, uh, okay. And at yeah. first I thought, oh, they've just only put mask icon yeah. images in. But then I've played online a decent amount, and we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. And I've seen people with like much more femme presented icons. Huh. I don't know if it's if they're unlockables, unlo- maybe. maybe? Unlockables, but it feels weird that you'd lock a a g- agenda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of that in life. Locking yeah. agendas behind. So should we should we talk about the things the app can do? Okay. Um, so it's got a training mode. Yeah. I that, don't like it. No. Okay. Yeah. So the training mode tries to sort of make a story out of learning how to make a Rubik's cube. It was less that and more the actual well, method. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I know. I know. Uh, the story is kind of weird. It's like ah, oh, the faces are houses, and the centers of the cube are the kings, and. Uh, the edges of the bishops and the corners of warriors. Yeah, it's it's weird. Mm. Talk to us about the method of Rubik's cube solving. It tries to teach you. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the 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 cube solve it's trying to get you to do. Usually, when you're solving a, a standard three by three by three cube, you would go. You make a white cross. And then you will do either, like, the whole bottom layer, you'll put the, the corners in, or yeah. you'll do F2L, depending yeah. on whether if you're going layer but layer by layer or not. Mm. And then you'll um, put the top layer in, uh, and you'll uh, orient it. Yeah. Uh, uh, orient and permeate the last layer. So that's fine, but yeah. this one wants you to start with... Take all of the white edge pieces and put them on the yellow sides. Yeah. Make make the daisy, it says. <laughs> like, yes, the okay, daisy. Because like I can see how it's like really simple. Okay, so they're all down there. You twist it to the side it needs to be on, and then you twist it up the other way. Yeah. And that's it. Now you have now you've made the white cross, but it feels like really unintuitive it's... to shove it all the way down there just to bring it back well, up again. That's the thing, is I understand that it might be an easier way of getting the right pieces into the right places, but 
considering that this app, like, the whole purpose of it is teaching you to, like, be better at solving a cube, it seems like you would want to go straight to the White Cross. Yeah. Like, it seems like, hey, just teach people how to make the White Cross. Most people can get, get that a bit even without being taught. Like, Ooh. that's not usually where people have a problem. No. Um... Yeah, it seems some weird choices they make about the uh, the solve method. Yeah. Um, it's got this tutorial mode, so yeah, it, it does the daisy first, then it wants you to do the corners, then you do the middle layer, but you do it while still holding white on top. Usually you would flip it upside down. Yeah. So that you can see better what you're working with. Yeah. This one, like, even when you've solved the middle layer, it still wants you to hold it with those two layers at the top and solve the bottom. Yeah. It's like, what? It's like, hold it this way. Okay. Now turn it around until you find, like, this on that side. Oh, okay. I can't really see what I'm doing down there. No, no, just keep turning it like this. Follow these rules exactly. And if you go even slightly too far ahead, even if you can see where things are going, we will make you reverse the whole set of moves you've just done and do it again. It's really frustrating. Um, And then, like, permeate the last layer. When you can't even see the bottom layer. I mean, you can tip it up, but you're, like, still supposedly solving it the other way. It's like, oh, this is so frustrating. Yeah. Um... But there, there's other things too. Like you can, it, it's got instructions on how to how to do nice patterns. But yeah. Again, it really follows that rule of if you do something wrong, it will make you go all the way back, right back to the beginning, rather than go. Yeah. Oh, just just undo the thing you just did. Yeah. Just just undo that thing, and then we'll proceed. Um, it has a like a timer. Scramble it yourself, and then uh, you click a thing to say you're ready. And then whenever you're ready to start moving, you just turn the first side. Yeah. So you can give yourself some inspection time. Uh, that's that's honestly the thing about this cube that I've been the most excited about, mm-hmm. is a way to track and monitor how my solve times are doing yeah. over time. Yeah, and it will it will also like give you lots of detailed instructions. Mm. Although, again, it is focused very much on its method of solving. Yeah. So it's like... How long did it take you to get the da- the daisy? So in, yeah. in my case, most of my solves, there are like blanks all over the place. Yes, same for mine. So it's like, you didn't do the daisy, but in however many moves you did the white cross, and then you did the, the like, then the next layer is, is almost completely missing because it goes from there to, and then you solve the middle layer as well. Yeah. Um, because I've done like CFOP. Yeah. Um, and then like how you do like the rest of the layers... And yeah. that's fine. Well, but like yeah. and that that's like really useful information. It tells you your turns per second, yeah. it tells you how many moves total. You have a chance to play back your solve. Yeah. It it's really useful for where did I make a mistake? Where am I taking the longest? Where am I losing uh-huh. time? Like it's really good for what stage of the solve do I need to tighten up if I want to cut my time down? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, and um, if you know other methods, like you can still use that information yeah. really well. Yeah, it's it is still really useful information on how are my solves going on this cube mm. and for tightening that up. Oh yeah, 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 uh, definitely. And the the one thing that irritated me again, going back to that sort of like timing yourself thing, yeah. and just just on your own, there is an option to have it give you a scramble. Yeah, but it's like I sat there last night trying to get it to do that scramble. And it was like, okay, I'm holding it exactly as you told me, and I'm doing this thing. Yeah. But it's it's not doing it. It's it's 
So you want me to do that backwards? I want you to turn this way or that way? What am I doing wrong here? Because you're just going through the same seven or eight things over and over again. And it's just like, this isn't right. So I've done this. And almost as soon as I've made one turn, you're going, no, no, do all these other things. Okay, now you're back to the beginning. So what? What do you want from me? It's, it's weird. It is really weird. Yeah. It's just like, I just want... I just wanted you to give me a scramble so that yeah. I could try and do this. Um, so I, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. Um, and then there's like online battle, which yeah. to be honest is my has been my favourite bit so yeah. far. You can play people all over the world. Do you it, have it, to do that from a, a, a scramble they've told you? No. Okay. okay. Um, it, so basically it will, it, it says, have it all solved. Yeah. We're going to find someone for you. As soon as they found someone and you're both ready, it will give you a scramble. And that scramble I can do just fine. It's like, do this, do that, 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 do that. Cool. You have five seconds of inspection time. Fucking go. Okay. So you go and, like, it makes little beeps. So, you know, even the cube itself will make beeps. You've obviously got sound on the yeah. phone as well. And you go and solve it, and you can see how well they're doing. Yeah. Now, admittedly, as we've mentioned earlier, it won't show you like where your like x and y rotation on the cube is. Yeah. But it will still sort of go. You've solved that layer. You've solved that layer. You're on this layer. You're done. Is it seeming to pair you with people of a similar skill level, or are you I like honestly can't tell? No. Every, everyone I've I've played against so far has been about my skill. Level. Okay. So you but. Yeah. But, like, that's starting from, like, no information. Yeah. Because I, I did the tutorial, and then I did maybe one, one like, on my own solve, yeah. and then I did uh, just online stuff. Although I'm a little bit worried that if it is based on, like, your previous, like, at-home yeah. solves, that number might be massively skewed, because as I was trying to mess around with it last night, yeah. Smudge, like put a paw on the screen and then it just went ta-da you've solved it in 10 seconds was like no I haven't oh no no I haven't oh no like as much as I would like to see that screen one day that screen was not for me yeah that was you'd almost solved it and Smudge went yeah go (laughs) feel good about yourself thanks hun (laughs) I was like four moves away from finishing oh goodness Um, yeah like and but yeah, it's like I, I've had fun playing online and, and getting coins. I don't know what happens if you run out of coins. You start with a hundred. Um, you lose one for you lose one for losing and you gain two for winning. I I'm super curious. I am kinda curious. Yeah. But yeah, I've been having fun playing with that. Yeah, I, I do wonder if your average solve time from one solve was what they based the matchmaking on, maybe, mm-hmm. but I'm glad to hear whether by luck or by uh, design, you've not been absolutely demolishing or getting demolished by the people you're paired with. I play people in Canada yeah. and China and um, what's the green, white, red one? Uh, Italy? No. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Many flags. Um, I It will encourage me to learn flags better. Yeah. I I have not played as much of it as you. But my main takeaway so far has been it's just really nice to have a thing that is timing my solves, breaking it down section by section, keeping a record of that. Mm. Where I'm also not having to go, 
Start. Okay, start, start solving yeah. the cube. Okay, I finished it. Stop. Yeah, because um, I've been thinking for a while it'd be quite nice to get like a, a stack a stack mat for yeah. um, timing cube solves. But like, I think for a three by three, this does that. Hmm. It is, yeah, it, it starts the timer when you do your first turn and it when you, you finish the cube, it finishes automatically. Yeah. Like, that's good. Yeah, um, it's a nice cube. It's a lovely action. I'm super happy we got it, and yeah. I look forward to playing with it for more, and I look forward to seeing what happens when they update the app. Yeah. Uh, more. The, like, the, I'm interested to know where they will go with that. It, it doesn't seem like a bad price either, because the... I think uh, it's about 50 quid. Yeah, something somewhere in that range, which yeah. is, for an entry-level, like, digital cube... Oh yeah, I think it is yeah. the cheapest of all the current smart I've, cubes. I've not seen a cheaper smart cube with a bit of um, looking around. Yeah, there's the oh god, there's the Gan three six five i, which I thinks like eighty or ninety quid, possibly yeah. more than that. I think the Go cubes about seven sixty five seventy five quid, yeah. depending on which version you get. But this is a reasonable place to start yeah. if you're like, I want the cheapest possible place. To jump into a smart cube and like if if what you're looking for is timing, stats about your soul. Adorable. Yeah, <laughs> you do want an adorable little robot with headphones that will time your time your solves, give you a breakdown, and you can play online with other people. Yeah, it does that. Yeah. What about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I played a bunch of Mario Party. Yeah. Uh, it's been one of those kind of weekends. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. It, it's my first time in a while playing Mario Party with someone who had never played a Mario Party before. Alright. Um, and, oh, it's fun watching the evolution of, um, <laughs> oh, this is a nice sort of uh, little party game. Oh, fuck you, CPU. How dare you fucking get stars. Uh, that 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 beautiful joyride of emotions. <laughs> um, yeah, that continues to be a really fun little um, Mario Party game. I still think the uh, the standard ten turns feels too short. Mm. Uh, it feels like if someone gets a lead, it's hard to have enough time to, to pull back. Yeah. Um, yeah. It continues to be fun. I like that that game can be played with a single Joy-Con per player because it makes mm -hmm. it easier to do multiplayer party sessions yeah. with a group of friends. Mm -hmm. And I really like the friend system. It's consistently adorable when someone gets a friend. Oh, the allies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the allies. They're adorable. They're adorable. They are adorable. Um, and I think my favourite map is still the uh, the the gold map where the uh, mm -hmm. the price of the stars keeps changing. And you can start. You can purchase two coin, uh, stars at a time from the start, going up to three toward the end. That oh, that's a fun one. It is, and there's like the whole sort of back passage thing there. The uh, the shops. Make that quite an interesting map. Yeah. To uh, on. Indeed. What about you? What else have you been playing? We played with my new magic decks. <gasps> we have. You made a bunch of magic decks. I made four new magic decks. I played with the red one. You played with the red one, uh, which was a completely new one. I played with the blue one, which is a completely new one. Which is weird, because usually I, I, like, in the past I've not really liked blue decks, but then I sort of sat down specifically with the goal of, I want to make one for every colour I have, and I'm kind of tempted to try and make an artefact-only deck as well. Ooh. Um, see how that goes. Because I, I think we had this conversation possibly last episode, where I was talking about having the black and white deck, and how, like, I really wanted to split those apart, and... and See if I could make two good decks as opposed to one eh, uh, bloated and not quite working deck. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've 
played through those now. The green one was the one you've been playing for a while, but that needs some work, I think. I've not really done anything with that. But the red deck, uh, you enjoyed that. It's got some really nasty cards in it. Yeah, so uh, I was enjoying that red deck because it's got a lot of... um, There's a lot of stuff that can... That has haste, that can very quickly start doing things. That has, like, double attack, stuff like that. Double strike, double strike. Yeah. Um... There was that really fun, lucky little combo I had oh, going I had on. a really fun luck combo going on. So I had one card where it's like, hey, uh, for three mountain land, uh, you can basically get two 1-1 one, one tokens, um, and then you flip a, coin. flip a coin, and if you call correctly, you get the card back in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had another card out where every time you summon a monster, uh, you do one damage to the opponent. And I had like nine mountain, and I kept lucking out on the coin flips. Yeah. So I but was getting. You got like, what? Some something like twelve in a row correctly called heads. Um, I, I had two points. instances of that card, and one of that card failed after like three attempts. Yeah, but the other one. Kept and then the going other one just kept going, going and going. going. I I lucked out. <laughs> you really did. Yeah. Like, I was just like I. That is an unusual amount of luck for calling heads or tails. It really was. I was, and it was just really. I the more I looked at it, I was like, okay, this was pure luck. But I really like the idea of a deck where this red card that does damage every time you summon something, and a bunch of the stuff from the green deck that summons a bunch of uh, a bunch of weenies, could work really nicely. I could see how you could have a red and green deck built around that mechanic that Mm. could be really cool. Yeah. Uh, there was a dragon that I really liked as my sort of boss monster, which took, I think, seven mountains to get out. Um, it's a 5-5, five, five, um, and when it is summoned, it does damage uh, equal to the number of lands you currently have out, so I could do seven damage to you that on was summon. just for coming out. Just for coming out, and, and then it was direct, still a 5-5 five, yeah. five flying. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a really nice uh, mm. creature. I really like the creature that was a two-one that I could tap to. Oh, if I flipped, if I flipped a coin correctly, I chose what was destroyed, and if I flipped incorrectly, you chose what was destroyed. Yeah, there's two of those in there. Yeah, that <laughs> that was a real fun one. That's some really nice stuff in that red deck. I've I've been collecting magic cards for a good few years. Oh, it was the uh, like it was the fact that like um, I think it was when we were playing that, and you were like, I didn't realize it was a creature. Because yeah. the, the power didn't and toughness have wasn't in a box. Yeah. I I, I want to look at that and see what the balance of magic and in uh, particularly enchantments is to monsters. Because I felt like over the night I was getting more enchantments than I was monsters. And at times I was struggling to get enough monsters out to do things mm. when I had... I had land to spend and yeah. no monsters to put out. Mm. Um, but generally, I like the concept. Yeah, I feel like that deck really doesn't come in into its own until you've got at least five lands. Oh, five through seven is where that, that deck really thrives. And when it does, it just gets fucking rolling fast. <laughs> yup. Uh, yeah, do you want to tell us about what you were playing? Um, yeah, so I played a, um, my blue deck, which has a lot of lots of counter spells and lots of this taps and you can't untap it. Until you get rid of this enchantment. Um, and I've got creatures that do that. I've got spells that do that. I've got lots of things that draw more cards. I've got lots of things that make you take things off your library. And just chuck them straight in your graveyard. Which, if I'd got enough of them out. Would have just ruined your deck. Yup. Especially with... Uh, oh no, that was a different 
that was a different deck. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, the blue deck was really fun, and I've never really enjoyed blue before, but there is just something just like that will produce a big old shit eating ring <laughs> that just like you can't you can't put cast that, you can't cast that, you can't cast that, you can't use that even though you've oh, cast it. Claustrophobia. I yeah, I've got four claustrophobias in that deck. <laughs> I've got counter spells up the wazoo, and then like most of my creatures are flying. Yeah, yeah, that was the big problem was I was like, well, I had well, this is why the lack of monsters was really getting in the way was I was like I have one or two monsters. I have nothing that can fly or block your flying. No matter what I do, I'm screwed. Well, no, cuz the thing is, like my blue deck has a lot of things of like when this dies, draw a card. Yeah. So had you actually got and, and yeah, I suppose like had you actually got the monsters out, it would have played differently because I then would have gone I'm going to defend against your 3-3 three, three with my 1-1 one, one that lets me draw a card. Yeah. And uh, hope that that gives me something well, much Well, here's the better. thing. It would have helped you, but, like, it would have been progressing the game state. Yes. Because that's the problem. Is like, I, I recognise destroying your thing will give you card advantage, but if I don't advance the game state, I'm not going to win. Hmm. Blue, the blue deck was definitely one where I felt like I was getting through my hand really quickly. Yeah. Um... And it really does need, like, draw a card, draw a card, draw a card, because there's, I think there's just more instants yeah. and spells in it, but in a good way. Um, then I played the black deck, um, yeah. which is the remains of my black and white deck, plus some other stuff. Yeah. So I've got my faceless butchers in there, which are great oh, fun. Oh, that, those were a fucking nightmare. It's like, yay! He was <laughs> just like, yay, I've got my 5-4 creature out, and I've, I've just put this thing on it to give it better armor. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah. Just, every time I was like, oh, oh, I destroyed your faceless butcher. Here's another faceless butcher. <laughs> oh, I destroyed that one. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> no, it was like, you got rid of two, and then I went, I've got a grave digger. I've got, I'm going to have both of those back and then play them again. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot of that in there. Um, but also there's a nightmare in there, which is a uh, XX flying. Oh, that 8-8 so eight, eight thing. Well, it became an 8-8 eight, eight yeah. because it's based, uh, its parent toughness is equal to how many swamps I have. Yeah. And it being like an entirely swamp stack, yeah. it could have up to 25-25. <laughs> Fuck no. But I've got... Yeah, but it's not just the Nightmare. The Nightmare's the one that flies. Yeah. I've got, like, the other one, which is... Uh, something leeches. Yeah. I can't remember what it is, but that's also, like... It doesn't fly, but it is power and toughness equal to number of swamps. And mm -hmm. it only costs four mana to get out. Fuck. Which means that, like, you could build a serious fucking army out of those. Especially if I can get something like... Oh, just, just gonna clone that. Yeah. Oh, I did like the thing that was for one uh for one mountain I could clone oh, yeah. I could clone a thing I summoned until the end of the turn and it would have haste. Because uh, that was really nice because it was like get the big brute out and then pay one land to basically get a haste clone for the turn. Yeah. That was so nice. Yeah, you you were wrecking me with that stuff. It was uh, fun. Um, I'm looking forward to playing the white deck. Um, it was it was nice playing a different magic deck and going. Oh, I still understand it. My my understanding of the game was not contingent on the deck I was playing. Yeah, I'm very keen to like have some more time. Yeah, with those decks and maybe refine them a bit because it was just literally me yeah. sitting going. I'm gonna make this color deck, this color deck, this color deck, yeah. and I'm I not even like. Like, the first thing you said to me was, oh, well, have you done the thing where you sit there and pull out, like, several hands and see how it goes? Like, 
No. Uh, <laughs> I just went, there's 25 lands and a, a good mix of um, weenies, middle creatures, and really strong badass things, and spells. Indeed. Um, at some point we need to find an evening, maybe Sunday night when we get back, no. uh, to do the same thing but with the Yu-Gi-Oh decks I put together, and see whether you enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh slightly more with decks that actually oh. have like a thing they're building towards. I'm keen to do a try. Yeah, hope, hopefully hopefully we have a similarly positive experience. Ooh. Maybe. We shall see. Um, have you played anything else? Uh, yeah, I played Layers of Fear. Ooh, tell me about Layers of Fear. It's a pretty walking simulator. Yeah. It's about a horrible person. Okay. Um, so I, he- I hear there are different endings, but as with a lot of walking simulators, it's like, I've got to the end. Um, I don't need to play that again. Yeah. I, I, I played it the way I wanted to play it, which in some ways was a bit weird, and I, I according to my Twitch chat, suboptimal. But, <laughs> okay. like, it's just like, well, why, why not? Yeah. The thing told me to ignore the, the person, so I'm just going to keep following the person and see what I do. Yeah. Because that's how I play video games. Poke. <laughs> Poke the mechanics. <laughs> See what do. Um, yeah, like, I think I was more like, wow, this is really cool from a a perspective of, okay, you walked into this room. Okay, um, I can't see a door on this wall. Or, oh no, now the door behind me is gone. Hmm. Um, wait, there's no- nothing here. And then maybe a queue will happen and then a door will appear. But other things will have changed yeah. as well. Uh, or, like, the whole corridor behind you has been replaced by just a, a door and then, like, a completely different room where that was. Oh. And I love that sort of, like... Like, I'd love to see, like, a Boundary Break episode or something on Layers of Fear. Like, when is it changing? What happens exactly? Yeah. Uh, what is happening? Are you being teleported? Is the map I, around you changing? I've, it's fascinating. I've had similar wishes to see something like Boundary Break on games like Antichamber. I understand yeah. the appeal of shit like that. Yeah, like um, like I I imagine it's something like Portal. Yeah. It's like what is going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Like I didn't wasn't that bothered by the like attempted jump scares and things or the, the fact that it sometimes takes over your controls. Yeah. I wasn't really creeped out by it. I certainly wasn't creeped out by the rats. They were adorable. <laughs> um, I thought the artwork was beautiful in a weird, gory way. Um, the, the, like, I, I enjoyed it from a creep point of view. Yeah. It did not scare me. You, you've got a strong stomach for horror, though. I just thought it was just fascinating yeah. more than anything else. <laughs> Yeah. What about you? Played anything else? Uh, I think the last thing I've played is I play. I started playing through some of uh, Jackbox Party Pack Six, Ooh. which is out now. Um, so I've not played through all of the games, and you know, experience will vary over time. Mm-hmm. But I played some Trivia Murder Party Two. Uh, so previous Trivia Mur- Trivia Murder Party, it's a trivia game. If you get an answer wrong, you go to a mini game. You might uh, die. Dying is not the end of the game. Um, once everyone but one person has died, you go to this last little trivia game. Uh, whoever died first is in last place. Whoever di- didn't die is in first place. And you're sort of racing to get to the end. Whoever gets to the end fastest gets out alive and they win. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very similar formula here. Um, at least from a small amount of playing, it seems like the trivia difficulty has stepped up a notch. Um 
we were dying off quicker than I remember dying in the original. Um, the mini the new minigames seem um, fun. Some of them are repeats. Some of them are new. The new ones seem good. Mm -hmm. uh, the final stint has a very similar uh, system where whoever is in first place has one fewer option open to them, which means that even if they get everything perfect, there is a chance that people behind them may catch up by one space because they've got one extra yes or no uh, point to potentially earn. Mm. The one thing that was different that I really found interesting was to complete the, the game, when you get to the end, you have to finish on a perfect round where when you're like, oh, what things fit into these category, this category and your options show up, you have to 100% yes, uh, you know, true or false your options mm -hmm. to get through to the end. So we had a point where someone was like, right, ready to go. And about three rounds in a row, they didn't get it perfect, which gave everyone else a chance to catch up and it gave us a very tight finish. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I need to play more to see how the balance of that that you have to end on a perfect question mechanic works. Yeah. It um, sounds frustrating, to be honest. I, yeah, here's, here's the thing. If this had been the first game set of questions, which, it, at least from my experience, seemed easier, I don't think it would have been a problem. Mm. Um, but the step up in difficulty, combined with needing a perfect round to finish, in this instant felt slightly frustrating, but I need to see, did we just, luck, you know, have a bad luck round and got all the tough stuff? Yeah. Um, I tried a bit of a game called uh, Role Models, which is it's a quiz game that is sort of a personality test thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll have um a topic that will be something like um nicknames might be the topic, and let's say you've got four players, four computer generated nicknames will come up and go. It'll go, hey. Who in the group do you think should have each nickname? And there will be points based on did you correctly assign that to the the same person that the group as a whole assigned it to? Like mm. try, trying to get a sense of like does the room have the same read on people as each other? Um, and then sort of as you go through, it labels you with various personality traits and gives you this sort of long-winded, sort of humorous, uh, silly title for what kind of person you are at the end and mm. it's clearly not be meant to be taken too seriously and that was really fun but I had one weird complaint about it which is the the big thing about that game that seems like it would be really fun is keeping a record of what silly uh, personality descriptions you got given of yourself Yeah. Um, but the capture button on the switch would not work during the Here's what your silly uh, personality nicknames you've you've earned at the end of the game are, and initially I thought, oh, does this game just not support um, screenshots or uh, video recording as a game, which would have been bad by itself. Yeah, but no, the Jackpot's Party Pack Six in general does support video capture, but not that bit. But not that bit. Okay. And that seems really weird because that seems like the one time you would really want to just go, haha, that was really funny, that personality name it gave me. I want to save that and make a note of it so I can tweet it later or something. Mm. And I don't know what the deal with that is, and I kind of want to tweet and ask the Jackbox account about it. 
Uh, so we started playing, uh, we played a bit of a game called Joke Boat. Um, you are on a boat trying to do one-line jokes on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you will be, you, you generate a bunch of words that can be dropped into jokes. So everyone's sort of brainstorming. It'll give you prompts like, oh, give a noun, give a name of a food, this, that, the other. And then you're given like uh, structures of some one-liners. And you're like, okay, I want to try and make a why did the blank cross the road joke. Hmm. Then you'll get given some of those uh, prompts that people made. It'll be like, maybe why... Uh, what was the what was the example we had? Um, why did the sex toy cross the road? To get to the other side of my crotch, uh, for example. So you, you try and come up with the, the, what, the ending to your start a setup of a joke you've created. Okay. Um, so it's it's like, okay, I have a setup to a joke, I have to invent a punchline is the sort of okay. structure of the, the thing. Improv. Uh yeah, and it it took us a little getting into because obviously that's not a skill everyone has off the off the bat. No. Um I think I think one I had was something like uh what's the similarity between a doctor's office and my bedroom? Um in both of them, you're gonna have to take your clothes off so I can take a look. Uh maybe that's a punchline. It it's it's a lot of can I make a punchline out of the pieces I've been given. Okay. Um and we got some really good laughs out of it, but occasionally you will just have like, I do not have a punchline for this. Hmm. And it it's not super fun if you get into a position where it's like I have no answer. I have no funny answer. Yeah. And I just have to sort of watch my joke play out and not be funny. Oh, um, it's not one of those ones where, like, yeah, you have, like, a lie for me equivalent or something. It, it's, it very much relies on you need a group of people who are confident going, even if I don't have something, I will try my darndest to make a punchline rather than people who will get just, nervous that their punchline isn't good and sort of give up. Or just get annoyed and give up. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to have the right group of people for it. But, yeah. like, I think me and you, if we played it together, I think we would have fun. Yeah. I don't know who else would be additional people we'd put in. But... I know people that would annoy the piss out of. <laughs> yes. But, like, I'm trying to think, like, do we know anyone else who would be like, this is my jam. I, I can give this a go. Can we convince Jim to play? I think we could. <laughs> I, th- I honestly think Jim would have fun with it. But like, yeah, you need a like a person who is confident trying to make, uh, trying to force themselves to make a joke. Hmm. Um, it reminded me very much of the mentality of, what was it, two years ago when for a while I was trying to trying to do a joke or two a day and trying oh, yeah. to, yeah, it it was very much that I'm gonna sit here, and I'm gonna make something. It may not be the best joke. Well, that's the secret to being a comedian. Yeah. Like they used to say, write three jokes a day. Doesn't matter how crap they are. Yeah. You can try and refine them, or you could just go, yeah, it doesn't yeah. work, or it only worked for, like, a week. Yeah. Because it was topical. Yeah. Well, that that's it. This feels like, just force yourself to make a joke. Yeah. And it worked. Mm. I made more jokes, like, made up more one-liner jokes in this than I have in a while. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I interesting. I very much enjoy all your one-liners. Yeah. I've not, uh, I've not put time into Dictionarium, which is a... Uh, make a dictionary word definition silly game. Mm-hmm. And I've not tried Push the Button, which is a hidden identity game. It isn't. I guess Dictionarium is probably the same as that game from... Was it just a minute? 
They used to do a thing where they give you a, a a word from the dictionary, and then you'd have to just make up a. I think it's basically that. Yeah, what's your silly definition of that yeah. word? Um, yeah, push the button seems like it's going to be one of those secret werewolf type. Uh, ooh, who in the room is uh, is is not who they're supposed to be. Yeah, at dinner party. Yeah, werewolf. I get the impression it will also. It probably is going to be a little bit. Um, uh, secret Hitler. Uh, what was the one in the previous Jackbox game where people had to like put up a number of fingers or oh, point at um, someone? Faking, Fake, it? faking it. It feels like it's got an element of faking it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What about you? Have you played anything that's else? That's all the things I've played. That's all the things I've played, and that's good because we've been at it for over an hour. <laughs> uh, time for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's too early. It's, you've got like two hours. I know, you, I know you usually want food early, but it's... No, it's not food time. It's, food, it's, it's food time. It's not. The clock's changed. Look at the clock. The clock changed. I'm looking... It's food time, though. No, it's not. It's not food time yet. It's well, why is it not food time? Because some other humans... Not me. I wouldn't do this. Some other humans arbitrarily decided that that's how time works. But... But... But sun... Sun go up food. I know. I know. I, I I agree, but no, I'm sorry. But but food? No. <laughs> I agree it's ridiculous as well. I'm sorry. No. I'm so, I'm so oh, don't look at me like that, I'm so sorry. No fucking humans Yeah, I'm gonna join the cat people. Hello. <laughs> oh hi Tony, how are you doing? Oh, I'm alright, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for coming over. It's, you know, oh, yeah. it's very nice of you to have me happy around. Well, you know, I don't usually hang out with many people from work. Most of them are... Oh, I know. Yeah. I know, I know. But, uh, I'm, I must say, there's a lot of colouring books around. Yeah, I know. I'm an adult. No one can tell me not to, right? Come in, come yeah, in, come I, in. I, I suppose, um... Can I get you a drink? Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be lovely, that'd be lovely. Uh, chocolate milk? Strawberry milk? Uh... Yeah, sh- sure, ch- chocolate milk, sure. Chocolate milk, uh, dairy or non-dairy? Uh, non- non-dairy. Okay, uh, uh, let me just rustle that up for you. Have a seat, any way you like. Uh, uh, I must say, just, just, um, is a lot of this kid stuff, there's some, I see cushions on the floor to sit on, is, the, is that a... Uh... I mean, we've got chairs if you're more comfortable in uh, the chair. Yeah, I'm just, um... They're cute cushions, they're really furry, stroke them. They are very furry, and they do look very comfortable to sit on. I, I, you don't have to. No, no, no. It's just, uh, just. Oh, I'm just not used to a lot of these being around as adult things. I mean, there's nothing to stop anyone, right? Well, I, I guess not. Adults are still allowed to have fun, and it doesn't have to be all about drinking and drugs and sex or whatever That's else. That's what those are. I mean, those are fun too, but, like, no, no, just, you know, if you want to just hang out. How about this? Like, it's not a problem. You can say no if you want. I'll put some cartoons on. We'll have cookies. I'll bake cookies. You've got your chocolate milk. We can do some colouring if you want. You don't have to. We've got some Lego if you want to play with some Lego. I did see the Lego. This doesn't sound like a bad day after all. Yay! So, (gasps) what have you put in your eyes? Uh, not very much, which is, you know, probably a good thing. We, we, we were prattling on today. We, uh, we saw that MCM. We did. We, we went to, uh, to MCM, MCM London Co- Comic Con. London Comic Con. 
Uh, Coming on. <laughs> there was there was a lot of cosplayers there. There was. Uh, Us, in fact. Yeah, indeed. You you did your cosplay. I did. I cosplayed as Laverne from Day of the Tentacle when she's described disguised as a tentacle. And the people who recognised your costume lost lost it. They were like, oh, this is amazing. Nobody ever cosplays Day of the Tentacle. That's because yeah. they don't love tentacles like I do. <laughs> it was it was really joyous to see people go, oh, you're cosplaying the thing that I like that no one cosplays. <laughs> the one that really got me was the person... You remember right at the beginning? Yeah. We were walking through the... Um, the artist's alley. Yeah. And that person was like, oh my god, you're, you're Laverne from Day of the Tentacle. I was like, yeah. They stopped me later on and went, why have you got a Jimquisition tattoo? I was like, I've, I'm a big fan of Jimquisition. I've, I've got a Laura tattoo as well. <laughs> and they went, Ugh. I was like, I'm engaged to Laura. That's who I was with earlier. <laughs> and they were like, oh my god. Um, what was I cosplaying that day? Um, uh, uh, Detroit Became Human. Oh yes, uh, I was cosplaying Kara from Detroit Become Human. I can't blame them for not recognising me. <laughs> it was the wig. It was the wig. I, I, had, a, I had a very silvery wig. I did. Um... Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of my friends. I had a very chill time. It was nice to see people. Hi, posh cat. Um, Hi. It was it was nice to see people. I felt like it wasn't as much MCM as the like the last five or six I've been to. Yeah, like there there was. Artist Alley was all right, but it felt like they'd arranged it in such a way as they were trying to bulk it out. Like I felt like hmm. there was less there in the artist alley. The the most of the stalls were the same ones we see there every time, but there was a distinct lack of board games for sale. Yeah, I did eventually find there were some tables of board games. For yeah, sale, I found but, them too. Yeah, and there wasn't much like D and D stuff. Yeah, there was that big manga manga table near the Funko stands. Yeah. that had shiny click clack math rocks, but that. Like, it was just sets of of standard $7. Yeah. It wasn't like when we've been before, and it's like, and there's patches, and there's um, module books, and there's, like, D100s, and oversized yeah. D20s and stuff. It was like, none yeah. of that stuff. Well, there was some stuff, but it was very mixed around in smaller stalls, which was definitely difficult to find on the Saturday. Mm. Like... I picked up a, a um someone who created a D and D module set that I picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I found some D and D patches around. Yeah. Um, I bought myself a D and D shirt. Like that, that yeah, were... it just felt like there was considerably less than there usually is. Yeah. And I don't know if that had something to do with the fact that there was the the dice breaker room upstairs. Yeah, I feel like that was the case, and it's a shame that the dice breaker room wasn't selling board games as well as um. Not that I could see anyway. Yeah, uh, the 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 sort of come along and play, but. Mm. Here's the thing, MCM for me, honestly, is an ex- it's an excuse to wear costumes yeah. and be in a place where fans tend to be and ask me to be so I can say hi to yeah. them and to see my friends. Yeah. And it serves that purpose. And agreed, um, it's it's a comic con, not a board game or yeah. um, or anything else gone. But it felt like the the game section in South Hall had swollen considerably. It had, but that was also kind of weird, because a week prior, that same venue had had EGX, which had most of the same games, plus a lot more games. Mm. It's like, if you wanted to come to the XL Centre specifically with the aim of playing a bunch of unreleased video games, come to EGX a week earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was nice to see the people. It was cool to see costumes. I love seeing all the furries. Yeah, <laughs> so cute and fuzzy. No. Um, but yeah, it just felt like there was less of everything, and it was spaced out more. 
Well, so it felt like. I, I mean, I didn't pay for a ticket, but it felt yeah. less value. It it's in well, it's not felt worth the ticket price in a while, in my opinion. But um, what what I will say is. I find that interesting because for me and my group of friends that did, like, we were there on the Friday when it was considerably quieter, which meant we had the ability for 99% of the stalls to just walk up to it without having to fight our way in and take our time casually looking at things. Mm. We spent probably eight hours that first day just looking around the halls, Mm. and we had a really lovely amble. It... Maybe it's because we had the space to look at things more closely and to yeah. not rush. It felt like there was more there, but maybe it's just we were spending more time mm. taking in what was there. Mm. Uh, it felt reminiscent of when we did a nice stop and look at some art and not felt rushed. It was that sort mm. of... It was one of the first times in quite a while I've been at MCM where it felt uncrowded enough that I had the space and mm. time to go. I'm just going to really soak in... Yeah. This artist's yeah. stuff for a minute. Hmm. And that was really nice. Yeah. Um, what about you? Have you put anything else in your eyes? Um, yeah. 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 I watched a four and a half hour documentary about Twin Peaks. Hell yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's called uh, Twin Peaks Actually Explained Brackets No Really um, by. Uh, what's the channel? Uh, Twin Perfect on YouTube. I don't yeah. know anything about them as a, as a thing, but it pops up on my feed. I was like, eh, I'll give it a try. I love it. I love a Twin Peaks fan video. And it starts, it opens with, I'm pretty sure this is the answer to everything. If you don't want to know, if you like the theories, if you love the mystery, which it has been said many times before, it's about the mystery. If you spoil the mystery, it's your thing. But they've also said that the answers are there to be found if you want them. Mm. And it's like, big disclaimer right up front, if you don't want to know, don't know. But, we're pretty sure this is the answer. And having watched all four and a half hours, I'm pretty sure they're right. Yeah. I was I was convinced at an hour in. Yeah. But the rest of it is just like, and here's why this is, and here's why this is, and here's why this is, and here's why What's... this is, and here's why Twin Peaks The Return, the third series season, is how it is. And I just sat there, just like, for most of the last hour of that thing going, they're right, you know. That, that's because a lot of people were disappointed yeah. by how surreal The Return was. Yeah. I was just like, nostalgia, 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 but also, cool, weird shit. Yeah. I, I've heard nothing but positive feedback from people who have watched this whole thing. I hear that the the pacing's pretty good, and the pr- the production's pretty good for something that lengthy. Hmm. Like, and I, the thing is, when I first clicked on it, I hadn't even noticed how long it was. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I'd got something like an hour and a half into it, and I was like, "This is still going on. What the? Oh, okay. I'm gonna be at this a while then." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I so, messaged a few people who I know are really into Twin yeah. Peaks, and was like, "You know, we watch all those videos, and we've seen all the extended stuff, and we've." Read the books and heard the audio books and got like the Laura Palmer's diary book. Yeah, like and we've watched all the theory videos and we've chatted for hours and had all this mystery and just things between us. Like as an experience with Twin Peaks, to suddenly go, I think I know what the answer is. So, as someone that 
you know, there are bits of Twin Peaks that I have not experienced, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I have seen enough of it to understand its cultural impact, mm-hmm. but I've... N- I I lacked the the I I lacked having people to discuss it with. I lacked mm-hmm. sort of having people to be watching along with and to go like, oh, the the fuck's going on here? Um, I feel like we need to do a, a go through of all of Twin Peaks together. I would love to watch it all yeah. together with you. And bear in mind, I will have no clue what's going on, and I'll have no clue, and then I'll watch four and a half hours of thing afterwards and go, oh, would you want to though? Well, I mean, you. Really, just say that after you've watched... Because yeah. I feel like you should watch season one and two and then go, do I want to watch the film and do I want to watch any more of this? Because yeah. I've got like a... I think it's like a three and a half, four hour long cut of Firewalk with me. Yeah. Which was David Lynch going, hey, the show's cancelled. Um, I, I, I want to sort of try and make it significant in in, yeah. a, in a way um, and... Maybe show you some things, and a lot of people hated the fucking film because it's the last seven days of Laura Palmer's life. Yeah. People were like, "No, I want to know what happens next because season two ends up ends on such a cliffhanger." Yeah, I I feel like I want to go through it all. I want to go through it for better and worse. Everything there is that is a thing I want to do. Well, I'm I'm very up for that. I'm very uh, up for all sorts of discussions about what's going on. Yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, how the series changed mid, like very early on through season two. Yeah, I feel like there will be lots of pausing between seasons to be like, let's just have a week where just every now and then I go, but what about that though? And you go, mm. <laughs> I mean, no, I'll, I will talk to you in in ways that will sort of go. Actually, had you considered this yeah. from an episode you have definitely that's, already seen? That's that's what I need though. It's a fun way to experience yeah. it. And I, like for all its faults and for all the and like David Lynch is not a good person. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's on the on the list of cancels, which I think is what made me sort of go, you know what? Even if there is a fourth season and there doesn't need to be. Yeah. Even if there is a fourth season of Twin Peaks, I'm ready to watch this. Yeah. I I feel like I need you as my guide. I need a guide to sort of shepherd me through this. Uh, well, I will take you through the, the, the gold box version. I will take you through the extended version of Firewalk with me. I will take you through the return. If you want, I'll take you through the audiobooks that Mark Frost released. Mm. And then if you really, 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 really still want... I'm happy to sit down and watch a four and a half hour documentary about what it all means. <laughs> um, yeah, it's out there if you want to watch it. But if you haven't finished theorizing and having all that fun with people, yeah. don't watch it. Well, that's what I mean is I, I when I say I want to uh, watch that thing afterwards, I don't mean immediately afterwards. No. I mean, maybe a year or two from now I go. Maybe. Maybe never. Who knows? Maybe, Maybe never. We'll see how I feel about it. You you don't need it in your life. If you like the mystery and it's it's about mystery. It's a murder mystery. Who killed Laura Palmer right from the beginning? If if it hadn't been for the TV execs, we would never have found out who killed Laura Palmer. Indeed. I... I, I will take it one step at a time and we'll we'll know when the time is right for whatever steps we go through. Mm -hmm. So... What else do you watch? Uh, no, I've not really watched anything this week. Uh, what about you? 
Um, I've watched one other thing. Well, I've watched a couple of other things, but the the most important one, I've I've had a look through the the, the I think it's the latest ja- uh, Lumberjanes, uh, Volume Twelve, Jackalope Springs Eternal. Yeah. Um, everything is a bit sedate around because the the Lumberjanes or the Roanoke House, oh. Are a little bit sedate. They're feeling a bit like cautious. And Jen, their their sort of group leader, camp guide, decides mm. to try and encourage them to get out more and do more things and try and find a jackalope. And they find this person who's lost their family, and they have a one-eyed bison, and a, a snake, chicken, and a giant raven. And some other weird creatures, and yeah, it's it's all about acceptance, you know, like Lumberjanes is, but Aww. in a different way. And then the second half of that is about the uh, the the new uh, newsletter that they're running, or not not Roanoke House, the <sighs> the others, or some of the others. And it's a really sweet story. Um, again, it's lots of things about acceptance and and difference, and and just loving each other and being nice. I love Lumberjanes. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. It is. Have you had a, a reread? Because you were talking about it. Like uh, I haven't yet. I need when to I got through eleven. I need to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely recommend that. Hundred percent recommend. Always recommend Lumberjanes. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah, just a little one. I've been um, watching lots of Lavender Town. Uh, that's town with an E on YouTube. Just art advice and sort of art suggestions because. I've been doing more art stuff. Yeah. And it's been, yeah, it's been nice to sort of, like, go, okay, well, I can learn these things about this and learn about sort of ways of doing art, ways of improving your art, um, ways of looking at art and, and sort of things you can pick up and ideas about sort of where you can get ideas from. But how you can do that without being, like, completely plagiarizing. Yeah. Like, I watched one today, um, they were talking about... Why not take a picture of like uh like a like an anime statue or something? Yeah. Because usually they're like well posed for like an action pose or like a particular scene. Take that from like a bunch of scenes. Maybe like get underneath a blanket with a torch so you can see like how a single light source shines on that thing. Yeah. And like so you can work out light sources and stuff, and then maybe go into like Sims three or four and design a house. And then use like the camera angle stuff to get in, so you can just design a background. Yeah. And then like composite all of these things together and use that as like your sketch layer. Ah. So then add in all your whole sketch things and then like try and light it correctly and try and do sort of this and that and the other with it and make it still very much your own, but with ideas that have come from other places without like flat tracing. Just like using that as your sketch layer. These are your composites, but you can use like... um, Oh, the other thing they did was take um, like colour palettes from Mm. like other sources. Like, okay, I'm going to have the main character as this colour palette from this thing and that from that thing. And like how you can compile things, but still have them be your own and still very much in your own style. And I thought that was like a really interesting idea for like, hey, I'm trying to find ideas, but I don't know quite how to do that. Yeah, it was quite, it was quite a nice idea. That it's still very much your own, but you've used bits of things. You've from other used places. things to help you to create your own yeah. thing. 
Yeah, it was really sweet. Um, especially like the idea of um background stuff because I I've thought before about green screening things into Minecraft. Yeah. Like I build a background in Minecraft and I use that for say an animation or something. Yeah. And it's like yeah, I suppose you could use the Sims Four, but like different. Yeah. In an art style. So yeah, that was really fun. Uh, any others? No, oh, that's it for me, really. Well then, time for this. For this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor. Do you like headphones? Yeah, I do. I've got headphones on right now. I use headphones when we record this podcast. I use headphones when I listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I love the the headphones I already own. They're really good headphones. Yeah. How about we promise they're better headphones? Tell me about them. Are these these higher quality headphones or do they have extra features or something? They are very aware that you're most likely already wearing headphones while listening to a podcast like the, the people at home. Yeah, um, yeah, a perfectly functional pair. But what if you threw them in the trash and got some new ones? Why? Why would I do that? Well, you see, these ones were mentioned on a podcast that you like. Ah, I see. And is this uh, the the people on the thing that you like mentioned them? And maybe if you buy them, there's a subconscious thing in your brain that makes you think that that, that those people will like you because you bought the headphones. I mean, it will certainly make the corporate paymasters happier. Indeed. It's it's buy the thing because someone you like said it is but the that concept. That is the suggestion. That yeah. is the suggestion, yeah. I believe. Do, do you care? No, I like my, I like my Those headphones. Those are lovely headphones. Yeah. And that other pair of headphones audience. I have is, is Also a very well. nice pair. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that I personally need to throw out these headphones. Even if you, a person I like, has mentioned this new brand That's of headphones. Fair. But let's say you did not have two good pairs of headphones. Let's <gasps> say you had no good pairs of headphones. Oh no! Or your headphones are recently broken. Maybe consider. We promise they're better headphones. They are probably technically headphones. Yeah. I mean, I believe audio comes out. I've not heard them myself. They didn't yeah. send us a sample. No, but they presumably make audio, and it may be more directed than your phone speaker. I maybe. Uh, so yeah, try uh, wptbh.lol.net and enter the code Q and PS ninety. Fucking hell. And you can get 15% off your first set of maybe but sorry, they promise they're better headphones. You you can get you can get that. I um, believe they come in colours. Yeah, and styles. And and styles. You can have the over it or in ear or the, the, the sporty ones. And they're definitely probably maybe good enough that they're worth throwing your other headphones away for, probably uh, maybe. According to the copy. According to the copy. That's we promise they're better headphones because maybe they're better. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi, hi, hi. How's uh, how's business been this week? It's been great. You know, we had that whole issue where you know we had that game that was failing. Yeah. That, you know, people paid a lot of money for, and then like after a week, people were paying considerably less because no one believed in our and, game, and therefore no one was paying the proper money. But then it. we had that great idea about how we were going to sell a subscription service to the game that people had already bought, and we introduced like a whole class system to our oh, game. Ha ha! Not the usual class system, but. A an actual like I know all of the free players are murdering all of the paid players and it's become a whole thing but yeah but the, uh, we've already got their annual subscription I at this know, point so I they're know. chased off <laughs> so, not our fault I 
have another solution of how to get us money. Yeah, and I, I mean, like I'd be, money. I'd, I'd be working on it. Sure. Thing. So you know how people are always asking, "Ooh, I want accessibility options in my games." Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's extra work. I have to put like you know one extra in time for an extra three hours. That's like eighteen dollars that, that that they gotta get paid to. You're paying your interns. Well, I'm paying these interns because there's some, you know, while those inspectors came through, I'm going to stop paying them as soon as the inspector leaves. Right, right, right. And then we'll just have them beaten up on the way out. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll take, we'll take the $18 back. out yeah, of their yeah, pocket yeah, on yeah. the way out the door. Well, but, make it 20 right? Yeah. <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking. Sure. If we put accessibility modes in games, mm-hmm. it has been pointed out to me that yeah. more people will be able to buy those games, which means more money. Right. Without having to make another game. Yes. But, you know, we can't just put the modes in the games, that's, you know, giving them something for nothing. Yeah. I think we make accessibility modes a pre-order bonus. If we're gonna get those extra sales, we might as well monetize them into day one purchases. You are a fucking genius. I know. So... What have you put in your ears? Honestly, very little. It's been a real busy week. Mm. Um, It's been the kind of week where I've had a lot just bubbling around in my mind. Lots of travel and deadlines (laughs) and things that make my brain not able to focus on like a proper narrative or something. Mm. So... I went back to the start and basically just re-listened to The Empty Bowl, which I think I've talked about that podcast on here before. It's um, Travis McElroy and um, the editor of a website called Seriously, uh, Serialously, it's a serial website, and they just do a really calm, gentle podcast about serial. Have I told you about this before? I feel like you have. Yeah. the I, I've listened to it before, but I basically just went back and listened through from the start. They're sort of half-hour episodes, have some nice calming, some sort of waves crashing, gentle sound in the background, and, you know, they keep a sort of... Just some ASMR nice, tone. Nice, gentle ASMR tone, and talk about, oh, there's some new cereals out. Oh, what about the, 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 the monster cereals for Halloween? Oh, Pop-Tarts are getting Blueberry. a new cereal. <laughs> and they just... Have a gentle, pleasant energy. Don't worry, everything's mm. fine. And you know what I think makes that a Good thing I can go energy. back and listen to? Mm. I'm not a big cereal person. Don't eat a lot of cereal. But I am interested enough in the concept of cereal that I'm like, I will enjoy listening to this if I focus on it. Mm. But if I tune out for a second because my brain's all busy and I tune back in, I'm not going to stress about the fact that I did mm. not catch every word of that talk about cereal. It's that perfect level of, I could be interested in it, but I'm not going to be upset if I missed something. Okay. That lets it be nice background when I just need something calming to put on. Nice. So, that's pleasant. What, what have you listened to this week? Um, I I listened to a few things, but then this afternoon I, I listened to one thing in particular and it's jammed everything out of my head. <laughs> Is this... So, do you remember about two, three months ago, we went to yeah. that festival, yeah. and I heard this piece of music, and I was like, oh my god, I have to find this piece of that music, and we... I couldn't find it fucking anywhere. Yeah, we both <laughs> looked for it, neither of us could find hand or tail of we it. We asked other people at the festival, we asked DJs, does anybody know this track? Nobody and knew nobody it. Nobody knew. <laughs> um, it showed up randomly in a list of other music today. Um, the track is called Cut and Shut. Uh, oh, sorry. It's called Swing Around. It's by Cut and Shut. 
which even when I knew the name of the track and who it was by was a fucking nightmare to find. It's available on one website. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's a mashup of Jump Around by House of Pain and the Cantina Band Jizz track from Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, ha, I finally found it. I'm so happy. Um, and it's it's apparently this person just does all these people. I don't know. Just do lots of mixes of like funk tracks and hip hop, like mm. mashup stuff. There was one earlier with like Groove in the Groovies in the Heart, and I can't remember what the other track on there was. Um, what else have we listened to? There's a, there's a few on that album. Hmm. Uh, I think it was Groovy Funk we listened to earlier. Um, but yeah, it's it's cut and shut uh, with the ampersand. It's it was difficult to find, but gosh darn, I'm so happy I found it. It's such a good track. It's such a good track, and there's lots of like good funky tracks on there. I'm interested to listen to the rest of that album and report back next week. Yeah, you got any others? Ah, that's about it for me. Okay, I'll give, I'll give you one more. You're gonna give me one more. Give me, give me one more. <laughs> What are you doing? I don't know. I'm filling time. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm just making noises. Skeksis. Nanda, New Blood. It's really nice chance. Maybe it wasn't worth the wait. <laughs> I, I think it's worth the wait. Really uh, nice chance. N-A-N-D-A, New Blood. Um, it, yeah. It's some just some nice trance. Not prony trance, more sort of side trance. And I like the weird noises. Nice. Yeah, that's everything I've listened to. Well then, time, time for, for this. this. Goodness, goodness, where, where am I? Welcome to the Grounds of Hell. Oh, um, goodness, was I... Did, did, did I lead a bad life or something? Oh, God. No, nothing like that. You are heavily into bondage, correct? Uh, yes. Well, they don't really do that. What? There's no, no, you know, no handcuffs and shibari ropes up in up in the upstairs place. No, 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 no. It's just me and off their back. Oh, so we do hard limits down here in hell. Usually no, but you're here on special dispensation, so... Yes, we know, no blood, no scat, no maggots crawling out of your eyeballs. This is hell. Right, order, order, order. It's time for this year's annual meeting of the Daylight Savings Council. Is everyone here? I think Biggins was a bit late. He seems to have got the time wrong. Oh, goodness, goodness. So, we seem to have a problem again, as we have many years with people disliking us changing the clocks back and forward arbitrarily for no reason. So... I mean, there is a reason. Well, I know, but, you know... 
We're not going to tell them what it is. No, I mean, we wouldn't want them finding out. We wouldn't want them finding what we've been doing with the extra hour. Yes. But, so, I want to hear suggestions. What do you think we can do about our PR crisis here? Well, I mean, it's definitely a problem. I, the, people are very, very upset about the fact that they're losing an hour, gaining an hour. Apparently some of their pets are quite upset about the whole situation. Yes, so one idea that I've had is we abolish all clocks. We, 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 we get a law put in, so you have to get rid of all clocks that don't automatically update. Then we say we've gotten rid of daylight savings time, but we just don't. That's we genius, because no, nobody will know it that it's happened. Exactly, it happens in the middle of the night. Right. I, I think maybe the ravers will notice, but they'll be a little too slosh to really pay attention. Right. So, I did have one other idea, and I think this is a little controversial. Are you ready for it? I, I think we have daily daylight savings time. Sure. Here's what I'm thinking. Every night, we put the clocks an hour out of the way. We change the clocks by an hour. Because the one thing people can agree on with daylight savings time is they do like the bit in the year where they get an extra hour of sleep. It's true, they do like the extra hour in bed. So how about this? Every night, we put the clocks back one hour so they get an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably really like that, innit? Yeah, exactly. Sure, they might have to spend part of the year where the night is the day and the day is the night... I, I I mean, there are other countries that do that already. Indeed, just extra hours sleep every night. I do like an extra hour in bed, you know. <laughs> Settled. Meeting adjourned. Hi. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, you uh, had a good week? Yeah, not too bad. I uh, went to that big, uh, big uh, convention. Oh, thing. that, 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 uh, that comics, uh, comics, uh, the con of comics. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god, it's just so many people. Oh, it's a lot. Wasn't like it? It was I like seeing the things there. I, I like seeing like the furries and the, the all the cosplay and stuff. But I just the the amount of people for that extended period of time it is a lot socially. It is an overwhelming amount socially. Yeah. Uh, it is one of those events where uh, I will occasionally find that it just gets a bit much, and basic stuff will get a little overwhelming as a result. Sometimes it's just a a bit much. Yeah, I find myself sort of shutting down a little bit. I'm you know just trying to focus on just. Holding everything together. Yeah, I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling, and that's had me thinking this week. Yeah. In that way, what I do. Yeah. Some social events are, you know, a bit socially overwhelming, yeah. and uh, I think it's important if if you've got a friend who you know maybe has different social tolerances than yourself yeah. to. Uh, not take it personally if they, you know, you're at a social event, something like, you know, this uh, this con for comics. Yeah. And they, you know, maybe get a bit quiet or they're a bit more reserved or a little, you know, not the way they usually are. Yeah. To not take it personally or feel like they're not having a good time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot for anyone. So just, you know, everyone deals with social issues in, in different ways. And some people are very extrovert and they can yeah. really cope with that and they they'll really love it. And there are other people that want to experience the thing, but have to do it in a different way that's a bit more self-protective. Exactly. And, you know, it's not one of those situations where you go, oh, my friend doesn't like crowds, but they come along with this thing that's got crowds. Maybe they're just doing it because they feel they have to. You know, no, they may, there's every chance that they're, they're actively enjoying it. They just have to enjoy it from a slightly more uh, quiet and reserved place. And, exactly. You know, 
you don't have to assume that they're having a bad time because there's crowds. You know, they yeah, might okay. be having a bad time because there's crowds, but uh, yeah, just sort of acknowledge that your friends might experience those situations in a different way, and that doesn't mean they're not having a good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Well, I'm I'm glad we're all through that for another six months, and uh, yeah, you know, I think it's it's important that we learn that everyone deals with the world a bit differently from everyone else. Yeah. And and although there are certain commonalities in some places that, you know, we accept the differences in, you know, our friends and loved ones and, and, and you know, don't take any of that personally and are able to move through life in, in a positive manner. Exactly. And are able to recognise those friends' specific needs when they arise. Absolutely. Right, should we uh, have, have that? Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, very up for it. Oh. oh. Hmm. Yeah, oh, good luck, oh, mate. Good luck, good luck. Shall I uh, pop the kettle on? Yeah, have a cup of tea. Yeah. In the land of cruel pleasant strangers. In the land of cruel pleasant strangers, as you say. <laughs> as I say. Laura! Yes? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh-huh. LauraKBuzz.com. I've got some books. Uncomfortable Labels, it's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. You can get that where books are sold. We can get the audiobook at laurakbuzzstore.com. Uh, you can find me on Pixel Squirt. It's a video game porn review podcast that I do with uh, Mari and Stacey from Geek Remix. You can find me on Podquisition. we got a new host. It's me, Jim Sterling, and Comrade Zimmerman. We talk about video game news and also get... And lefty politics. Uh, yeah, it's video games, but mostly lefty politics. <laughs> um, you can find me on Dice Funk. It's a fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six. And the one shot. And the Halloween one shot that also contains... Me! Jim Sterling and you, Jane! I was on it. I yeah. was a funny cat. You were a horny cat with a brilliant pun name that, can I just say, the Dice Funk Discord, the slow ripple realisation <laughs> of what your pun name is, where just, it's been beautiful seeing all the praise for the episode and then every now and then there's just someone go, oh god, god damn fucking damn it, Jane. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're a horny cat, um, Jim is a failed comedian that He's def- basically Bernard Manning meets the Joker. Yeah, he's he's like I just I'm not allowed to tell jokes, you know. It's the halflings that are too sensitive. Yeah, and I'm a I'm basically Scrooge McDuck with um capitalist ten- tendencies and wild magic. You're going to say tentacles then? Like, <laughs> no, not capitalist tentacles. They're the bad tentacles. They are the bad tentacles. Naughty tentacles. Uh, bad. What else? What else do you do? Uh, what do I do? Well, apart from occasionally guest starring on other podcasts, I do this podcast, which can be found on SoundCloud.com/slash. Generous Magnet. We may be listening to this now, or you might be listening to Polyarmory very soon. This <gasps> isn't Polyarmory. Oh my god! Hi. Uh, I'm on Patreon. That's the important one that pays the bills. Patreon.com/slash/stonedmonkeyradio. And thank you very much to my Patreons. That's uh, Math Tiger needs your help. What is 280.46 times 1.5? Uh, Jaden, Cassiopeia Swift, Tulula. Callum, I swear to fuck, dude, Moose better be real. Turner, Eldritch Horror, formerly known as S. Kearney. J. Logan, Conduit of Queerness, Mage of Life. Yeah, uh, Larry Yelling NB, 
uh, Tales of Inquiry, Robin Anton, Keller G, not her magnificent cat Mitzi, who's Luke L in her sleep. Oh no, not Kel, no, bad. No. Bad Mitzi. Uh, Robert Robert Harding, Jürgen Indie Monster, Wayne McFurdy, Conduit of Name Butchering, and, oh god, I've got to get this right, Ah, uh, and all. Or? I think I got that right. Um, and Face News back. Thank you very much. I super appreciate all of you. If you want to do that, that is patreon.com slash Radio. If you want to send me a one-off, paypal.me slash Magnet. I super appreciate any assistance with any of the things. Um, stonedmonkeyradio.blog. I write things there. I'm on Twitter as Maniac Chainyak. I'm on YouTube as Maniac Chainyak. And that's about it. So, Laura. Yes. Thanks out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger.